0: So, Daniel, you're well-known in academic circles. With this conference meant to equip the local church, how do you see the academic and pastoral paths crossing during this time?
1: I think as Asian Americans, we're, we're really good at valuing education. I think we're also good at just taking what people give us. I remember when I was in seminary, there were times when I felt like what I was, what we were talking about in the classroom didn't fit my ministry contexts. There were time, I remember there was a time that my professor would say, oh, you should, you, all you do is just walk into the deacon meeting and tell them they want this. And I'm like, I can't do that. The deacons, the deacons is uncle so-and-so. They founded the church my dad's age. I can't do that with them. And so I think a lot of times when, for for Asian Americans, when we go to seminary, we, we go thinking that we're going to already have to swallow the meat and spit out the bones and say, there's going to be things that we are not, um, that we're not, it's just not going to help us at all. Um, and there's something, even, even things where we're, when, when we're studying the Bible, I'll talk about that in a minute if you want. But even, even when we're studying the Bible, there's things that we realize doesn't resonate with us and, and is being seen with a very Western white American lens. And so I think, I think one of the things that this conference is helping us do is to, is, is to say, hey, we, we have a voice and there's, there's particularities that we have. And we get together and I'm and actually I'm spending time with people who, are, who otherwise, many in, in other circles, probably wouldn't hang out, but have become good friends uh, in these circles. Uh, and so I think we're in a place where we're, a lot of times we're crossing the theological divide and maybe even political divide. And yesterday I was I was just chatting with one person who's Southern Baptist, one person who's Presbyterian, and I'm like, these guys wouldn't hang out otherwise. But we there's things that unite us. And there's things that we're saying, hey, we have we have a voice and we have particularities that we want to, that we bring to the table. Um, as an educator, one of the things that I'm I'm committed to doing is to helping us see that we have lenses that we bring the scripture bring to the scripture. Uh, and so, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'm I, I'm a James scholar, and when when we we look at James, uh, I'm encouraging people to look at the look at it through the way James framed his for us. James says to the twelve tribes of the diaspora. Diaspora; those are people who are outside of their ancestral homeland. And when I when I when I read that, I hear immigration. I hear marginalization i hear racism i hear refugees i know something about that and let's talk about that and so when james says consider pure joy when you face trials of many kinds what kind of trials do you think they're going through because they're minorities because they are because they are different than those around them maybe they're different because they're different because they're jews maybe they're different because they're christians but when we when we bring our lens to that and say okay these are things that stand out to us and might be different than things that stand out to white people and i think that, that um that uh that shows that we have some particularities that we we come to so i'm um, always talking about culture the the culture during bible times and uh modern culture as well and how uh and how we need to be able to understand how the bible fits into both of those contexts
0: So in seminary, Asian Americans seem to be overrepresented as students, but oftentimes underrepresented as faculty. Um, what do you think Asian Americans can do, um, and you know, what are the potential dangers of if that continues?
1: We're really good at we're really good at deferring to the experts. That there's a distance between us and them. Whatever the experts are. We we send our kids to to the best piano teachers or the best SAT tutors and things like that. And we we, we approach we approach I think we approach the classroom that same way. And so I think there's I think there's a, a reluctance for many Asian Americans to think about academics and to think about um, think about being a scholar and being a being a Teacher, because they don't see themselves in that way. We don't see ourselves that way. There's a distance. Um, And so I'm still getting comfortable with the idea um, that I'm I'm here to serve the students and to equip them and so on. Um, But in the end, I don't want us to be like that third servant in the parable of the talents. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 25, where it's like, hey, I was afraid and I didn't steward what I was entrusted with. And so uh, I want us to be able to say, okay, what are, what are the things that we can offer? And to say, can we find places where we can steward that well? And so academics might be something that uh, we can bring, uh, that we can... We can academics might be a place where Asian Americans can have a voice and, have, and contribute to the church. Um, so uh, another thing that we're realizing is that uh, is that because of our value in education, a lot of our churches are still requiring uh, a master's degree from seminary. A lot of churches uh, outside the Asian American circles are not. They they I think there's a there's starting to be this general distrust of seminaries, but also saying, well, we have our own training programs. Um, and so if if we, there's if there is a disproportionate amount of Asian Americans in the student bodies, I think that gives us opportunity to say, hey, can we can we have contextualized teaching as well? Um, so for example, in, in church history classes, are we talking about the history of the Asian American church? Are we talking about the I mean because I, I don't remember I don't remember in in my church history class even talking about the African American, a historically black church, forget about the Asian American church. And so if we're going to, if we're going to be, as you say, overrepresented, then uh, can we start asking, can we say, hey, can, can we, is, are there, are there places where we can, we can receive training that's a bit more contextualized to where we are?
0: Sounds like a tall ask. Um, so you, you talk about like that deferring to experts thing, and I feel like I see that a lot even local church bodies, <clears throat> right? Like, oh, what pastor's gonna come, <laughs> right? right? Like like is there an elder here? Like well, we can't do a prayer meeting without an elder. It's like, I think you can, right? Like, how do you kind of how do you kind of talk to Asian American churches in trying to shift that culture to say, you know, education is important, but We don't need this experts-only mentality.
1: i say one of the things that we need to remember is the universal priesthood. What the Bible teaches us about every believer, every follower of Jesus is a priest, is someone who can minister. And so that might start with little things. Like if it's, if it's, a, if it's a birthday party and a, and a pastor's day, you don't have to ask the pastor to pray. Come on, you can all do it. I mean, there's the, the, just little things like that. I feel like that's, that's like an Asian church thing, isn't it? Um, and so, and, and so there, I, think, I think we need to move our paradigm that way and just remind, remind each other, hey, you can minister to me, I can minister to you. Um, I think another thing is stewardship and, you know, and being able to know what your gifts are. And be able to, to, use that to serve others, and so and so I think there's I think there's a certain amount of hesitancy and reluctance, especially for the gifts that are more prominent in people's eyes. And so, uh, but I, I want to move people in a in a in a in a way that helps helps us all understand. Hey, you're gifted with this. Maybe you're gifted with teaching or administration or leadership. How would you steward that to serve other people? And don't think of it as promoting yourself. And of course, you're gonna, you're gonna. um, There's, there's times that you are tempted to promote yourself. I think we, we, we might feel that temptation. And check yourself. At the same time, you have something to steward, and, and the Lord has given each of us a certain amount, or certain, uh, certain gifts uh, to use to serve others. How are you using that? Are you using that? <clears throat> within, uh, within your circles. Uh, one thing that we've been talking about at this conference is, can you contribute where you are? Um, and so, uh, Pastor Cory talked about this last night. He said, you know, um, you know, let's say you don't fit with the vision of your leadership. Uh, Do you just move on? And he said something really profound. And I I guess it shouldn't be so profound, but it's just like, if you can still contribute, if you can still be part of that and be that hand or eye, then be faithful and persevere.
0: Um, In terms of academics, right? Like, kind of our American education system is largely built on paying for access to information and then taking a test and then getting a credential. And I think this new internet generation, they're kind of challenging that a lot. How would you say the shift of what education is for and what higher education is about, how is that kind of shifting right now for you?
1: I think, I think we need to move out of this, this paradigm that education is the dissemination of information. For me, my goal in the classroom, and I'm still working on this because, uh, because I'm still developing as, a, as an educator, my goal in the classroom is to teach students how to think and give people an opportunity to try things. Um, and so there's questions that I, we get in the classroom, or there's questions that we get in, in papers and assignments, where I don't know if they have a safe place in their churches to, to ask some theological questions I'm like, this is seminary, let's, let's talk about it, let's work this out together. Um, And it's not we're not going to get all the answers. That's not the point. The point is that you are able to have a sound way for you to work through your questions. Uh, Whether uh, whether that's with books, whether that's with resources, or whether that's in community, and so uh, So my hope is that students are able to I mean yeah, they walk away with more information, but they but I want them to be able to say okay I have this new question now, in, in my own relationship with God, in my family, in my ministry, that, okay, this is my plan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research, research this or, or investigate this, I'm going to discuss it with the right people, let's, let's dialogue about this. So we, What I hope the students walk away with is that they are able to think critically, be able to process and be able to know how to investigate and think through things. Um, and so that comes can, could come traditionally from books and resources, but it could also come from community. And I think that that um, I think we need to be able to uh, be discerning and to have sound approaches to how we're looking at, Truth and how we're looking at what the Bible says, and how we're looking at how what our what our ministries are teaching. So, so my goal as an educator is to really uh, uh, equip students and give students opportunity to wrestle with things and to and to try ideas um, in a in a in a structured safe environment, so that as they as they move to their churches, their Bible studies, the mission field their counseling, um, that they're able to minister to others and continue to build the church.
0: Uh, One thing I kind of just want to note myself, right, as somebody that was a pastor before, right, like, is that I feel like historically pastoral ministry was like a calling, right, and it was like, you kind of didn't know what you were doing (laughs) in a sense. But I think now, like, we have this interesting age where pastor as career is like, very possible and like you know I remember in my Bible college right like a lot of people talking about like oh like this like you plan a church and then you sure. write a book yeah. and then you go on a speaking tour and then before you right. know it you're Steven right? like how do you kind of you know talk to students about that mentality of like pastor's career how do they deal with that
1: I'd say the first thing is that we need to rethink the way we talk about vocation we talk about we talk about calling and we use calling because it's, it sounds pious and it sounds godly. And another thing, though, is that people can't argue with you. They can't disagree with you about calling. And so that's, it's kind of like a discussion ender when I say, I feel called to do this. But what's normative in Scripture is that people aspire to do something. And so Paul says, if you aspire to be... A church overseer. This, these are your qualifications. And so, sure. I mean, you might, ha, you might. There, there might be some people who might have like a Moses kind of burning bush experience or a Paul on the road to Damascus kind of experience. But that's not normative. And the more, the more college, the more um, seminary students I talk with, the more they're like, I don't really have a calling. And I'm like, you don't have to. It's okay. We have all these other people in Scripture. Um, we talk about someone like Timothy, who was nurtured in the faith and was mentored and became a church leader. He doesn't talk about this dramatic calling. Um, But Paul does talk about aspiring to something like church leadership. And so, and that's something that you can work on. He he gives a list of qualifications. You can work on those things. And so I think in our churches, one of the things that we, um, we need to be moving towards is identifying people. I'm saying, hey, I think you do really well uh, in vocational ministry. Um, so, you know, sometimes sometimes people say, oh, hey, you're, you're good at speaking. You should be a pastor. Or, um, but I, I, would like to, I would love it if people start saying things like, hey, you're good at administration. I think you do really well in full-time ministry. I think you do really well in the mission field because of that. Or you're good at listening. You know how would you, how could you use that to serve the church, uh, and 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 encourage people to aspire and be qualified. And so when and Paul gives us qualifications, there a lot of those are character based, and 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 disciplines and habits. Um, and so um, be qual and and so we can work on being qualified. Um, I think another thing is that. I would say is that vocation is not permanent. Uh, you know, you could, you could move on to something else. And that's okay. Um, there's few things that are permanent as we follow Jesus. One is following Jesus. The other is who you're married right, to. And I, I've talked about this, right? But vocation is not one of those things. And so, um, and so if you're in a career now and you're moving towards to something, you could decide, hey, I want to go in another direction, and that's okay. Or, or you could say, well, I feel like the way that God's opening doors, or the way that, the way that things are moving, I want to try this now. And that's okay. Um, and so it, it, I, I, I think if we kind of unhitch this idea of this mystical calling, I think things become a lot more straightforward.
0: Uh, last thing I always ask is, is there something that um, that we didn't cover that, but that you would like to share uh, based kind of on the themes that we've talked about? It can also be no, but it can also be yes.
1: I think the church, especially the American church, it has this crisis of biblical illiteracy. We kind of had general ideas of what the Bible says. But I, I, people seem to be less knowledgeable of what even the text says. And so, uh, so I, I would encourage everyone, continue to be in the Word. Continue to study scriptures. And there's so many things that become clearer as we understand what the Bible says. As we move, forward, as we move on with that, um, that brings us to places where we are able to love God more, grow closer to Jesus, and to love other people. Um, another, thing I would say, another thing I would say is that we we, we we need to become better at exegeting ourselves. Not just the scripture, but exegeting ourselves, knowing what our tendencies are. And that could be culture, it could be temperament, but the more we know ourselves, the more we realize Oh, hey! I'm te- I have a tendency to do this, or I'm gifted at this, or I struggle with that. Um, I think that makes us more effective at loving God and loving others when we know ourselves well. And it might seem selfish, right? Um, but you know, and there's, there's there's like personality inventories you can take, um, and there's. There's books to read, but in the end, I think think what serves the followers of Christ well is knowing yourself well. And those are all tools that you can know yourself better as you you see how that relates to how you're serving God, how you're serving others. Um, So so one of the things I do in uh, in, in, in the classroom is encouraging students, hey, think about your culture. What kind of culture do you come from? I'm not just talking about ethnicity. I'm talking about like the culture in your house or the culture in your workplace. Like how are you shaped? And does that affect the way that you see scripture? Does it affect the way you see God? Does it affect the way you minister to others? Um, Self-awareness really goes a long way in in being a follower of Jesus.